May only your word be spoken, O Lord. May only your word be heard. Amen. It's good to be back after a couple weeks away. Had a wonderful vacation with the family. Just hung around and did very little. Wrote a song. Grew a vacation beard. Some of that's still left. And um, then last week we were at Camp Allen for a week of summer camp. Kristen and I, along with Michelle Delange and Caroline San Martin, were uh, directors for that week of camp. We had 70 of our favorite third and fourth graders with us, along with a fantastic crew of teenagers and young adults as counselors and staff. And surprisingly enough, um, Michelle and I came up with a Star Wars based theme. No one could have guessed that, I know. But uh, the theme was, I am one with Jesus and Jesus is with me, which was based off of a prayer that someone prayed in the most recent Star Wars movie. Of course, he said the force and not Jesus. Um, we changed it. Um, but we had clips from the Star Wars movies and talked through the week with the kids about trusting in Jesus as the light, as the word which spoke creation into existence. Uh, we talked with them about following Jesus and trusting in Jesus like the Jedi trust in the force. Um, we hiked, we swam, we comforted homesick kiddos and we supported the teenagers and uh, young adults as the staff. And when we had our discussions about the being one with Jesus and we'd show the, the clips from the movies, the kids gave these great responses because then we'd read a gospel story and then talk about it. And uh, they said things like, Jesus is the light within us and we offer pieces of that light to everyone we see. These kids were great. We talked about uh, being one with Jesus and that since we are one with Jesus, our um, we are also one with everything around us, with all of creation. And so that whenever we do good to someone, then we're doing good for all. And whenever we harm someone or harm some part of creation, we're harming all of creation. These kids got that. They really got it. And um, so then we, we made prayer beads so that we could pray. They started as their Padawan braids. Um, Star Wars thing. And then... Um, we turned them into prayer beads so that they could pray, I'm one with Jesus and Jesus is with me on each of these beads. And the idea was to help us to be aware of that light of Jesus within us as we go about into the world so that we can live out and act out that place of unity that we have with God and all of creation. So it was a fantastic week. It was really, really great. We're a little tired, but um, came back. And remembered, oh yeah, sermon. I should look at what the reading is. It's going to be great. I get to, I'll get to tell some camp stories. It'll be fantastic. And then I saw that it was not exactly one of my favorite passages of all time. Jesus' parable of the wheat and the weeds. Where Jesus sows good wheat seeds and the devil comes along and sows weeds among the wheat. And on the one hand, I love the, the part about this story where Jesus says, no, we're not going to pull up the weeds. Because we would destroy the wheat along with it. Jesus says, no, guys, we're all connected. We're all together in this. So we're not going to harm the good for the sake of destroying the bad. 
On the other hand, there's the end of the parable, parable where Jesus explained that the weeds would be burned, meaning that all causes of sin and all evildoers would be thrown into the furnace of fire at the end of the age. I don't know exactly what that means, but I've always imagined something like this, that some people will be punished eternally for what they did during one lifetime. And I've always been bothered by that idea. I end up fretting over who is going to be the weeds and who is going to be the wheat. How does it work? Are some of us born children of God and some of us born children from the devil and there's nothing we can do to change it? That's one explanation for this parable. You could definitely go there from what he said. It sounds kind of like that. Or perhaps Jesus was using this very stark black and white language to describe something that's far more complicated, doing so in a way that his disciples and we could understand. Or perhaps it's every bit as simple as it sounds. Perhaps the furnace of fire will burn away the evil and leave what is good in people. I don't know. I struggle with this one. How could there be causes of sin and evildoers in the kingdom of God at the end of the age? Of course there wouldn't be. But wouldn't Jesus redeem the evildoers? Wasn't that what his death on the cross was all about? And so I wrestle with these questions as have Jesus' disciples for about 2,000 years. Most of this wrestling has to do with fears over this idea of the final judgment. Who will be wheat and who will be weeds? And many Christians have ended up trying to assuage those fears by coming up with biblically based rules about who will be in and who will be out. Rules about determining who is wheat and who is weeds. Predestination. Double predestination. Double predestination. Marks of election. There have been other attempts to to defend God's sovereignty and to identify who is in and who is out so that we can clearly state, well, of course, we're the wheat. Those other ones, well, obviously, they're the weeds. All of these attempts have several problems. While trying to tie up Jesus' parables and his teachings about the kingdom into a nice, neat package with a pretty bow on top, these attempts lead us to putting our faith in man-made rules rather than putting our faith in God. And we also end up determining for our own sense of security who is in and who is out, which means that we end up removing Jesus entirely from his, this parable, removing Jesus entirely from the place of judgment and putting ourselves in his place. When we start, start supposing that we can determine who we believe to be weeds and who we believe to be wheat, we end up exalting ourselves to the place of Jesus. And not surprisingly, the folks who engage in this type of supposition also end up placing themselves squarely on the side of the wheat. We don't often have biblical scholars saying, well, obviously, by the way, Jesus set this out. I'm a part of the weeds. They just don't do that. 
whenever we start trying to determine who is wheat and who is weeds, we also end up making the same mistake, the first mistake of Adam and Eve, eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. On the other hand, we don't have to. See, we're not supposed to determine who is good and who is evil. Jesus expressly forbids us from doing so. They are not our determinations to make. And furthermore, we don't have to make those decisions, which is a great relief not having to determine who is good and who is evil. It's a great relief not having to determine, even if it is clear in black and white, because it's not our universe. It's not our creation. So rather than try to justify God's sovereignty and make ourselves feel better by assuring ourselves that someone else is the weeds and we, of course, are wheat, we get to take comfort in the idea that eventually God will justly judge and eradicate all evil, eradicate all malice and fear, all hatred and enmity. And we know that God doesn't do so right now because we are all so interconnected that removing the evil right now would destroy us all. It's another question we often ask, a question we often hear. Why is there evil in the world? Why bad things still happen? Because removing all evil right now would destroy us all. If God just killed all the people we think are bad, eventually we'd get back to someone we love. Or if the God killed all the people that someone else thought was bad, it might just be us. Remember, whenever we determine who is evil and who is good, one person's evil enemy is another person's hero. If we got to determine who is evil and who is good, there would be none of us left. And so as much as we may want to Determine who is good and who is evil. Ours is not to answer such questions. Ours is to trust in the way of Jesus who prayed for God to forgive the evildoers who killed him. Ours is to forgive others even as we have been forgiven. Ours is to trust in the word of God which spoke all of creation into existence. To trust that the word of God which became human in the person of Jesus might just have a good idea about how to run the universe which he created. And then we continually get to seek out Jesus' help in our lives to live out his kingdom now. We get to seek Jesus' help to eradicate evil within ourselves and then to live out God's kingdom as best we can. Freed from having to run the universe we get to trust Jesus as the way and the truth and the life. We get to live with his light within us and to share that light with others. We get to live and share his kingdom. And we get to think about what life in Jesus' kingdom is like here on earth. Well, it's wheat and weeds. At least in this life, God's kingdom is full of joys and sorrows, full of missteps and faithful following in Jesus' way. Life in God's kingdom is full of compassion and understanding, forgiveness, messing up and reconciliation. 
God's kingdom is full of joining together to help one another in times of adversity and joining together to celebrate in times of joy. God's kingdom is reaching a hand out to those whom we believe to be weeds and helping them out as well, realizing they probably think we're weeds at the same time. Rather than trusting in rugged self-reliance, our own self-righteousness, the hubris of earned or deserved wealth and a lofty self-appointment as being wheat among the weeds. Life in God's kingdom is lived together, assuming that we are all sometimes wheat, all sometimes weeds, not knowing, not making those determinations, but putting our trust in Jesus and our trust in one another and sharing with others what we have been given by God. As we said at camp last week, we trust in Jesus and follow in his ways, for he is the way and the truth and the life. We trust the light of Jesus within us, and we trust his goodness and his ability to order well the universe that he created. And we then live our lives not with continual fear, wondering, are we wheat or are we weeds? We live life in God's kingdom. Live life full of the assurance that we are one with Jesus and Jesus is with us.